so excited to be here tonight. I cannot even tell you how absolutely wonderful and glorious this is for me. And we had a wonderful time this morning, and this is so wonderful tonight. And I, so many of you that weren't, if you weren't here this morning, would you raise your hand for me really high so that I can look at you? And you have to keep it up because, <laughs> so I can see who you are. You know, and, okay, I'm just going to do one, you know, I kind of feel like I'm, leave your hand up for just a second. I kind of feel like I'm at home. This is, oh, these are so wonderful. I'm not going to take this one home with me, I promise, but, oh, I about got that, that right in the coffee, but that's the only one that, okay, I'm struggling with. Okay, let me see. Okay. Okay. Do what, Karen? Does that one need to be moved to? Okay, let me see. So uh, you just, I want you to be able to see me. Oh, I need to be able to see you. Okay. Keep your hand up. Okay. If you weren't here this morning, okay. 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 Between Jackie and, okay, I know you. Oh, you are beautiful. Okay, tell me your name. Oh, my goodness. Stand up and let me see how beautiful you are. Oh, you are precious. You were my neighbor. You're Derek's mom. Oh, you are lovely. I am so blessed you are here. Oh, okay. Keep your hand up. Let me check you out. Because, see, I might know you from somewhere. And you, oh, we connected and, oh, we just know each other all over the place. And these girls, oh, my goodness, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And Shauna drove from Enid. And this morning, I shared my story, you know, that led into, you know, I so shared, shared so many stories. You need to get the tape from this morning if you weren't here. Because we certainly don't want to go back over all that tonight. And um, the per- my person that I shared my story about was um, from, as part of that 50 Club thing going on, right? Was from Enid, not Woodward. Okay? Okay, just to clear that up. Because some of you were thinking, okay... That guy was from, but I think at one time maybe they lived in Woodward, but it doesn't matter. Okay, he's from Enid, from the church in Enid. Okay, lift your hands back up one more time. Let me just go through each. Okay, the blonde. I know you. Okay, tell me your name. Barbara, I love you. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're precious. We go back a long way. Yes, we do. Okay, hands back up. Okay, one more time. Okay, yes, and oh, and Carol. Oh, Carol and I go way back. Carol and I go clear back to my very beginning in Woodward, to, like in 79, when we moved here from Baxter Springs, Kansas, the Lord brought us here, and we first started at the First Assembly of God Church. And Carol's son is on staff here. Tell me his name again. I was going to say Jeremy. Jason, that's that 50 Club thing going on. Okay, and I was just so excited. Carol, I love you. Okay, hands back up one more time. Okay, I'm going around. Okay, okay. Oh, and I'm so excited. Um, Pam Hewen to see you. What a blessing you are. And Deborah Stone, where's Debbie Stone? Debbie, stand up. Oh, my goodness. Are you not excited to see her? Do you remember when Debbie and Troy were in this church forever and ever? Oh, come on. We can do better than that. If you remember Debbie, I love you. And they live in Kansas now. And, oh, you are so precious to me. 
and uh, we did life together for a really long time. And uh, she was a part of the academy and was one of the meanest teachers in the world. <laughs> and I, could, I have to tell you a story. I used to be the principal at this school. The kids loved me. The teachers, mm, I don't know about the teachers, because, you know, the kids sometimes would get in trouble. The kids would get sent to the office. And I am an exhorter, right? Not a good idea to ever have a principal that's an exhorter. Because when the kids come to the office, they're supposed to be in trouble, right? And so I kind of like had cheer cheer sessions with them when they'd come and get in trouble and everything. And I can remember one time, Debbie had sent someone to the office because they were supposed to be in trouble. And so I did my thing with them and she came back and said, you know, they're really supposed to be in trouble when they come to see you, not be excited when they leave your office. And, you know, I can remember, you know, giving them money to go get a pop and some fun things like that that happened. And anyway, but, oh, wow, I'm just so blessed because you drove a long way. And Shauna from the Angel, she drove a long way. And I love you for loving me enough that you would come that far to be here for me. That is precious to me. Thank you. And Joanne would drive from Edmond. We both live in Oklahoma City, and she would come here to see me. And we never see each other in Oklahoma City. Yet she loves me enough that she would be here and going into ministry. And, oh, we have got to meet and connect. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Wow. I just love you all, and I thank you. And Sister Lucille, you have always been my one of my heroes. Shelly and I were talking about you, and you are fabulous and amazing and lovely and incredible and, wow, yummy and delicious, isn't she? And you are 95, right? Next month. Okay. Would you stand for me? And so that I want the ladies to see how incredibly wonderful she is. Look at her. And my guess is she probably doesn't go for Botox shots, right? Right. Okay, and look at her. Hello. She's got it going on, doesn't she? <laughs> I remember uh, one of my stories about Sister Lucille was I remember when I believe you had a hip replacement. And it wasn't like a couple of weeks or something, and she was like up and moving around and doing her deal and stuff, and like nothing had happened. And I just thought, seriously, you know, you don't, that just isn't the way it's supposed to happen. And she, you're just amazing to me. Isn't she amazing? We were talking about that. And I am just in love with all of you, every one of you. Debbie Brawl, I mean, I just love you all. I wish we could all just hug. And Lucinda and Lene, and you're blonde, and I don't get it. You're fabulous. Even if you get it out of a bottle, isn't it wonderful? I always wanted to be blonde. Tried it one time. Was not a good idea. <laughs> So I just have to tell you, I think being with women is the greatest thing in the entire world. Had all boys, go figure. And um, I was telling um, Tatum, I said, I can remember one time when we were pastoring here that, uh, I don't even remember, we lived Wilshire. And the girls had had a ball game, and Rita and I were at the house. And in bounced Tatum and Tennille. And I have never in my ever loving life heard such screaming. And they were just like, la, 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 and just screaming. And Rita's screaming with them. And I'm like, oh, my God. What in the world is that? 
And Rita's trying to calm down, and they're both talking at the same time, and they're telling her all this stuff, and they have their chair skirts on, and all this stuff's going on. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, what is going on? And they were just, everybody was talking at the same time, and they had to tell their mom all this stuff. And I, Do you remember that at all? Oh, I'll never forget that night. And I just thought, that, I was just looking at them like, wow, wow. Maybe I'm, she was supposed to have boys, you know. But I've always, you know, now that they're all grown, I really wish I had a daughter too. But anyway, life, God gives us what we need, I'm sure. But I'm telling you, I think being with women, and I don't, do you not think my husband is fabulous? Oh, my husband is fabulous. I believe God for Boaz. And God sent me Boaz. Johnny, stand up. Please, honey. I have, he's just so precious and he's beautiful. Johnny, turn around so all the girls can see you. He's wonderful. He's yummy and delicious. And I'm glad he's mine and not yours. Okay. And he takes really good care of me and our family. And he's so wonderful with the boys and the babies. And God is faithful. I'm just telling you, God is faithful. So look at your sister and say, God is faithful. And Tatum, you know, God is faithful. God is a faithful God. And so you get my tape this morning. You'll hear a little bit more about that part of my story. But I want to talk to you tonight about the girlfriend connection. And I think Terry's a brave man. Johnny's a brave man. Any man that will sit in a a circle table with women is a brave man tonight. But you know, this is, it's really fun to be with, um, to be with women. I just love women. And I've kind of been, you know, kind of kind of grooming Johnny and all this girlfriend stuff because, you know, he had boys. And so he's kind of a, he's a definitely a man's man and telling him about this church girlfriend thing. And when girlfriends need girlfriends and women need girl, I mean, women have to be with women. And there's just something we get from each other that we don't get from guys. Would you agree? Raise your hand if you agree that we just need each other. And there's, and you know, really when guys get that, they're happy for you to be with your girlfriends because they're happy for you to get from your girlfriend's sister. I love you. Uh, they, they're happy for you to, to be the, and get that from your girlfriends because it just sets them free from having to try to have to give you that, you know, and we need each other and we need the connection. We need that sisterhood. We need that connection that we get from one another. And I want to talk to you about something that I believe is my new message. I believe that this is going to be a message that Johnny and I carry from this point on in our lives as God opens doors and as we have begun a new part of our journey in our life together. Because I've entered kind of a different part of life, a different, I've kind of, I've begun to see life in a, in a, from a different point of view. I don't know if that's really the the right word I want to use, but a different vantage. And because of, of, um, where life has taken me. Okay. Are you following what I'm saying? And my journey, because I shared this morning, how that you, you kind of come through life sometimes and you're upside down. You've been upside down this last year and you've, you've looked at your life script and you've thought, this is not the way I would have written my life script. You know, this, this would have been, this would have been written different this would have been, I would have challenged this, you know, this, this would have been challenged completely, but God has a plan for your life and God has a story for you. 
And so we begin to push forward. And we talked about moving our story forward this morning. And, 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 and our lives are connected to other people. Our lives are connections, okay? And so what I want to share with you is about the girlfriend connection. And so through that journey, before my life was connected from almost 1979, it wasn't long. Carol, I don't even know if you remember how long it was before we were extremely involved in ministry at the church, at First Assembly. It was almost boom. And we were in youth pastoring, Linda, you, I mean, Karen, you know, Joanne, you know, we were, boom, we were in there and we were youth pastors and, and just and then in Bible college. And then, I mean, life began. And so we were, we were connected and in ministry. And so we were Im- immediately involved in relationships and in, in, in connected. And there, it just started there and boom, we were off and running. And they, that's the way it was until about Seven, six, seven years ago for me. And then all of a sudden, I was turned a different direction completely in my life. And things completely changed. So therefore, it turned my life in a total different route. And, and, and everything was different. And so because of that, relationships and connections and all those things began to be completely different for me. And so I began to see people and began to see things and feel things in my own life that I had never felt ever before. Does that make sense to you? I began to hurt in places. Okay, I'm just going to be really real tonight because I don't know how else to be. I began to hurt in places and feel things on the inside of me that I had never felt before. And I had began to hurt in ways I had never hurt before. And I had walked with God, really walked with God since 1979. Strong. Walked with God. Prayed in the Spirit. Spent time in the Word, sometimes for hours and hours and hours a day. And that's not evangelistically speaking. That is for real. So I knew what it was to walk with God and talk with God and fellowship with the Lord and minister to people and pour out and be a drink offering and, and fill up and give out and fill up and give out. But I'm telling you, I began to, I hurt. I felt abandoned. I felt forsaken. I felt like I had been tossed over the edge of a ship and nobody cared. And where was not only, you know, I knew God was there, but it wasn't God that I had a problem with. It was where was everybody else? And so I began to, to, to look at relationships and, and connection in life and not get it. And here I was, the queen of relationships, the queen of connecting, the queen of doing this stuff that we're doing. And so I began to kind of be on it, become, be on this search. And so I want to share something with you tonight that I believe is one of the most incredibly valuable tools or lessons or whatever you decide you want to call it tonight. And and I would challenge you, if you can find paper somewhere, I think you need to take some notes tonight, okay? Because I'm going to share some really practical things with you. And I, you maybe didn't come prepared to take notes, but if you ever know I'm speaking anywhere, guess what? Find a pen, find a piece of paper, nudge your neighbor. We may need to send somebody to go get some, but there's going to be some things because I just believe that the Holy Spirit is here. How many of y'all felt the Holy Spirit already? I mean, praise and worship was so incredible. 
so incredible. And the word, the prophetic word was that. Did you not just like slide into that? I slid right into that. Once again, you know, for just like this morning, that anointing hit but Sister Virginia, and I was just like wanting to grab her and hold her hand. And once again tonight, because, you know, I've learned those things cannot become routine in our life. They cannot be taken. And I'm just telling you, I think you are the most incredibly blessed people to be in this church. I cannot tell you how how wonderful, and, and I want to say this to Pastor Shelley, how much I love her and appreciate her, and she is she not just lovely, and oh, you are just, I love you, and I want to thank her, you know, we started this banquet in 1985, and she has continued this banquet on, and I thank you for that because this is precious, and this is such a special time, and I am just amazed at how many of you are here. This is just awesome. And um, I just appreciate Pastors Eric and Shelley, and I just can't even imagine, you know, being in a, in a church, not being in a church that's available where you can do this every week and be under this kind of an anointing and, and have pastors that just love the way they love because they just know how to love. And it just is so cool to me to feel that and to be, be with you and to be in your, in your presence tonight is just really special. And I came to just add value to you. And I hope that you leave feeling like that's what I've done, that I have made a deposit, that I've contributed something into your lives that you will never be the same again. Because if I, if you leave and you don't feel that way, then guess what? I have failed. So I need you really to listen to the Holy Spirit tonight really bad, okay? Really good. I need you to take notes. I need you to think. I need you to open your heart, open your mind, and listen to him. Because we're not just here to look good and to have, have a Christmas banquet because it's what we do every year. We are here because I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm, I'm not content. I don't ever want to be content in my walk with God. I don't ever want to be okay where I am. You know, I shared that with you this morning. My reach is just never going to be enough. The stretch is never going to be, my stretch is never going to be wide enough. We've got to stretch further. We've got to reach more. My reach has got to increase and increase and increase and increase. And I am finding in my own life the most unique ways to make that happen that I can't even tell you. That everywhere I go, and I believe I'm going to share with you tonight, some really practical ways that you're going to find that you can literally change the world. You can change your world. And do you know how we change the world? One person at a time, every single one of us. And I plan on making my difference. And you know, that can become cliche. Making a difference. Well, you know, Tanya, Pastor Tanya, you know, I just hear everybody say that. You know, I hear, you know, that's just make a difference, make a difference, make a difference. You know, world shaker, world shaker. You know, we just can, we can become so numb to those, those things. But I mean it with every part of my being. Because I was the one for six, seven years that just sat numb to the world. And did nothing. And I'm done with that. I am in the game to play. Amen. I'm in the game to do my part. But why, here's what I've discovered is I can only do my part. You have to do your part. You do your part. 
Johnny does his part. I mean, together we have a part. We play together. But every one of us have to play our part. We have to do our part. We have to move our story forward. We individually choose to do what we have been called and destined and purposed to do to the best of our ability. And when I miss it and when I mess up and when I make a a blunder of things, I hit the reset button and I get back up and I go at it again. And I don't know about you, but my reset button is on my, has been probably worn out and replaced. <laughs> How about you? And you know what? I've just learned to quit caring what people think about me, talk about me, say about me, or think they know about me. Did you hear what I just said? Think they know about me. I have heard so many things. I've thought, you know, free advertisement, I guess. What you think, you know? Oh, if you could have only lived my life. You know, in fact, I, I was sharing with someone. I was talking to my mother. And um, we, I said, you know, let's think about my life. And so I started back at like probably 15 years old. And I didn't go very far. She said, you know what? That's enough. That's about all I can handle. Because my mother's lived a pretty pristine life. And she's probably been a God girl like forever. <laughs> she's probably never done much wrong. And um, I don't know. Some of us have that glory life, you know, where our testimony is just glory. And I think that is so cool. I wish... Uh, do y'all remember my girlfriend, Deborah Ramirez Barker now from Tulsa? Do you remember her? Oh, she's just precious, precious, yummy, delicious. And she has that testimony, pristine. She's the God girl. And I, I said, I don't get you. <laughs> You're too perfect. You're too, you know, ugh. <laughs> I mean, I no, really. I mean, I just, it makes me green with envy because I was the other kind of girl, you know, that just like, I've got a story. And a story and a testimony and a story and a testimony. And anyway, uh, so my mother said, you know, you really don't, we don't need to talk anymore about your story. But I just know that God has a destiny for you. And you have to choose at some point, just hit the reset set button and get back up. And we've got to move it forward and we've got to march forward with our story. And I believe that the, the health of, of women... And our relationships with one another is going to move the world in general forward in a way that is going to be one of the most powerful things in the world. Because if you can get women together, and generally on anything, to get along and to love one another and to be authentic and to be real and to truly care about one another, it's you've accomplished something pretty tremendous. And everybody say, wave at me and say, amen. Men get along. Amen, Johnny. Men just get along. They, if they have an issue, they just deal with it and go on. I know that with my boys. I can remember, you know, if the, if the guys that hung out at our house ever had a problem, they just dealt with it. And then they were, you know, they could get in a fight. And then, you know, they were hanging out that night. And I'm like, what happened? I thought you guys were like, oh, you know, but girls get mad at each other and it's a nightmare for a really long time. And they can make your life really bad for a really long time. Is that not true? 
uptight? Am I telling the truth? It is really, women can be evil, but we are women of God filled with the spirit of the living God. And I truly believe that God is doing something new and different in women. And this is what I, I want to read you this. I truly believe women have a special need to connect with other women. There is just something special about girlfriends and having connections with women of God. I believe the health of the church increases. Now listen to this statement really careful. I believe the health of the church increases when women in the church have healthy relationships and can learn to connect for the good of others. In other words, my connection with Faye is not for my good, but is for the good of others. My connection with Winona is for the good of others, not for my good. In other words, I connect with her not because I have an agenda, not because of what she can do for me, but I want to connect with her. I want to have a relationship with her because of what I can bring into her life, the value I can add to her life, the value of the connection we have together, the good that that connection will bring to the world, the good that that connection that we have together, what we can do. So you stop and think that once we learn to connect, once we learn to relate, once we learn to develop healthy relationships, stop and think what we can do for the world, what we can do for our city, what we can do for the school system, what we can do for whatever venue God has put you in. And I really believe that. I really believe that the health of the church is, is, is strongly, strongly affected by the health of the women. And so I believe we have a responsibility upon our shoulders because we have a generation to mentor that's coming up under us. There is a generation of young women coming up underneath you. Are you ready to mentor them? And I pose that question to you today because I believe it's time for us to begin to look at the generation, the next generation. And I'm telling you what's been in my soul so strong just in the last like month has been, Tanya, I'm ready for you to begin to pour into the next generation. I want you to gather them underneath you and I want you to begin to pour and pour and pour. And I saw this through the nations that I've had the privilege of ministering in the, in, in these other countries that I've been in, that the heart cry for change in these other countries, the hope that they have is for the next generation to be different. So the challenge we have before us isn't just that I be changed, but how can I change and how can I mentor and how can I pour into the next generation? So you know what? We can't go around staying insecure and staying inner focused and staying all, got, you know, all these issues that I have always had and all these problems I've always had and how can I be fixed and what can you do for me? Are you following me tonight? But, oh, God, help me connect and relate and learn so that I can begin to, to, to link arms with the women that are all around me so that we can pour in and so that we can really make a difference. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, the passion and quest of that. There is such a lack of connection in the body of Christ, and I believe that there are many lonely people in the church. That is what I believe. Because I sat in a church for a really long time and felt really lonely. And I, you know, I was talking with Pastor Shelley this afternoon and I said, you know, we, sometimes, you know, we've, we've learned kind of how to put on that face 
I don't know if you have, but I have. I've learned how, you know, you can kind of put on that face and you walk in and you kind of act like everything's okay and you sit down and you, 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 you're there to receive and you hear the word and everything, but you feel like something's missing and you just want somebody to reach out and just hold you. You just want somebody to reach out and talk to you. You just want somebody, you just want to feel validated. You just want to feel okay. And you walk back out the door and I didn't feel any different. And I can remember getting in my car and I can remember driving home back to my condo and getting on my face and crying out to God saying, what is wrong with me? I just left church. I'm supposed to feel good. I'm supposed to feel great. I'm supposed to be okay. And I thought, if I feel that way, how many other people in the body feel that way? How many people are you doing life with that feel the same, that, that same way? How many people are we sitting by in church? How many people are we, are we rubbing shoulders with at school or in the school groups you do? You know, and we just, we just come and go and we come and go and we come and go and we're busy and we're just running here and we're running there and we're just not connecting. Okay? So I'm not telling you all that just to, you know, be passionate about something, but I'm going to share, I'm going to lead us somewhere. Okay. I'm going to lead you somewhere so that we can turn things around and we can learn something from this. Okay. Okay. So let's start talking about you. All right, here we go. Your journey is the process of your life, walking and living out life every day, because that's what we do. We get up in the morning and we start living out our life every day. Correct? Yes. Yes. Staying the course and the path that God has directed for you. All right. Psalm 2711. Write this down if you would. And I need a tissue. New Living Translation. And before I read this, let me say this. You know, one of the things that I found is through having the kids that I have, because my kids are real techno. If you're, if you're in here and you're real techno, you do, um, Facebook, you do Twitter, you do uh, text, you, uh, what else is out there? Facebook, because talk to me, Facebook, there's what? Okay, MySpace, Skype. Okay, Skype, those kind of, you can kind of emotionally connect on Skype, right? Because that's where you see somebody, right? Okay, uh, Johnny and I were so not techno. Um, okay, so those modern technology offers a lot of really great things, and we were just, we were sh- kind of sharing about that. But because of modern technology, it really creates an emotional disconnect. I found that out with my with my children because you know they're so busy, and they are busy, that a lot of times we they want to text. Maybe you guys are like this. And so, you know, it's like what could take one second to pick up the phone and have a conversation and get something worked out. My goodness, we will sit and it'll take our family an hour to get anything figured out. And I'm like, seriously, you know, really in an hour. And we still don't know where we're going to eat, where we're meeting, what's going on. Somebody doesn't understand something. So somebody gets their feelings. I'm like, because there's the, the by the time you get the text, I am just reading these words and I'm not understanding. So I'm thinking, Oh, I think she's like upset with me about something. And then I find out a week later, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. So do you see what I'm saying? The emotional disconnect, that the emotions, the, the connection that is lost in, in our culture. Do you all feel that or is it just me? Um, there's, there's just a little bit of relationship misconnect or disconnect that can happen. How, how be it, albeit those things can be good. 
I mean, thank God we can text. Thank God we can, you can Facebook your friends and stay connected through those medias and you can do those wonderful things, but we can't lose relationship and the power of being connected through relationships because there's nothing like the power of a touch. There's nothing like the power of a voice. You know, I'm glad God doesn't text me. I'm glad I don't have to get on Facebook to talk to God. Sisters, seriously, are you with me? Okay, thank you. Amen. He doesn't, you know, um, however, I wish he would Skype me. Wouldn't that be cool? Hey, God, let's Skype tonight. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Hey, God, let's Skype God tonight. Because I think we're going to try and Skype Danny or something maybe later. And I'm thinking, wow, wouldn't that be cool if you could Skype God? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, we're Skyping you tonight. All right, Psalm 2711, New Living Translation says, Teach me how to live, oh God. You know, I want God to teach me how to do life. He wants to teach us how to do life, how to connect, how to live life, how to be married, how to raise kids, how to have girlfriends, how to have healthy relationships. God, David said, teach me how to live. You can ask God that. God, just teach me how to live. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path for my enemies are waiting. We have an enemy. Did you know you have an enemy? I need God to teach me how to do life because I have an enemy. We have an enemy. I want God to teach us the body. How do we do life? God, I want your grace poured out over me. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want you, I want you just to show me. Show me how to do life. Teach me. Then he says in Psalm 119, 105, your, I love this scripture. Virginia, I think we, we, you shared on this earlier. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet. In the New Living Translation, it says, and a light for my path. God's word is a lamp for my feet. And it says he'll light my path. God wants to light our path. So your journey God wants to light your journey. He wants to be a light into your life so that we're not walking around in darkness, stumbling all over the place, struggling in relationships, struggling around in our world, but he wants to to be a light in our life. So our journey is unique and your story is not going to be like anybody else's story. You are unique. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5 in the Message Bible. I want you to listen to this. This is what God said, behold, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. And you know this verse, you've heard this verse forever and ever and ever, but I want you to really think about this verse tonight. He said, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. And I thought about that. I thought the power of that, that he knew all about me. Wow. He knew a lot. (laughs) He knew all about me before he shaped me and put me inside my mother's womb. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Before you saw the light of day, now listen to this. I had holy plans for you. That's how special you are to the Father God. God has an incredible, amazing, we talked about that this morning. Remember our message this morning? An amazing, amazing, amazing plan for you. An amazing life for you. 
Before he formed, before he put you in the womb, God formed you. He thought you out carefully. He planned your life. He had a glorious, incredible plan for your life. Your story. Now, I want you to really carefully listen to this, what I'm getting ready to say to you. Your story is not predetermined. You and I have the opportunity to respond to what God has entrusted us with, including our talents, our gifts, our passions, our vision, our resources, our dreams, and our opportunities. God has, has, has holy plans for us. He knew all about us. He has a, a vision, a destiny, but it's not predetermined. He's not going to make you do anything. Do, or do, you, do you understand that? He gives you the choice. He's given me the choice. I get to either say yes, yes, God, I'll do it. Yes, I'll follow you. Yes, God, I'm going to do it. Yes, God, you know, I shared this morning what, that what we want to do and what we need to do sometimes are completely different, different things. That I have to learn to do what I need to do, not always what I want to do. And then when I do what I need to do, it's glorious and incredible and fabulous. All right? And so what we need to, to know is it's not predetermined. Okay? You are the steward of your life. You will find yourself becoming more motivated on a daily basis when you make the decision to do a better job stewarding your one and only life. Your one and only life. I only have one life. I have this one life to live for him. And I'm going to live this life for him. And I'm going to steward my life for him. And I'm going to make a difference. And I'm going to impact the lives of other people. And I do, I've made a decision. I'm going to add value. That's my new plan. That everywhere I go, I want to add value. All right? I want to make a difference, okay? Okay? Now listen to this. Your life is connected directly or indirectly to other people. Your life is connected either directly or indirectly to other people. How many of you have people in your life? Or how many of you just like, just showed up tonight and, oh, boop, there are people here. Wow, it's people. Like you've been on Gilligan's Island, you know, on this island all by yourself. Or what was that, that movie? Did you all ever see that movie? Was it Yes, yes, you were reading my mind. And he was like on this island with this ball and he painted a face on it. What was the name of the... Wilson. You guys have watched that movie, Castaway, so many times. Wilson. You've like had Wilson in your life and all of a sudden you wandered in here tonight and wow, here we are. No, we are connected. We, there are people in our life, right? You don't live with Wilson, you're doing life with people directly or indirectly. And you're either loving life and loving the people in your life or you're miserable and making everybody around you exactly the same. How many of you have done life with people like that? Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. That's why all the kids at the Christian school loved it when I was principal. Right, Deb? Yes. They loved it. Okay. So... We have relationships. Your life is connected. Family, friends, church, through your career, socially. Um, how many of you still have children in school? Okay. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I know when my boys were in school, and Nancy, you'll remember when we did school, wow, it was like cyclone, whirlwinds, and 
do know this, Tatum. Is it crazy for you sometimes? And so you're connecting with women. You're connecting with people in that arena of your life. And sometimes you feel like you're living with those people, do you not? The ball fields that we were on was ongoing. I can remember that it was like you went from this ball field to that ball field to this ball field to this one for an entire how many days were you there? And then you did this and you you were at the school for this and you just, you're just, it just seems like, and then you go to church and then you're, you know, you're constantly with people. So, you know, we need to learn to love people instead of not enjoying people. Let's just say, I love people. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, now we're really say it like you were me, okay? Yeah. You know, I love people. I do. I love people. And we've got to decide that we love people because you know what? God loves people. And I'm just so glad that it's not like a real drag for him to like hang out with me or to, you know, want to be with me or want to spend time with me or answer my questions. And you know, Virginia just, she's on him all the time. How many journals do you think you have? Stacks and stacks and stacks. Is that not so incredible? Because she's so in love with him and she asks him every question you can imagine. I'm sure. She said, you know, when I'm gone, my boys, I told them, you can just read through those journals if you want to. And then when you're done with them, you can throw them away. I said, oh, no, 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 no. They can, Shelly's not going to let that happen. But if they decide to do that, they need to mail them to, to me, right? Oh, my goodness. Aren't you glad God doesn't, like, just think it's just a drag to talk to you? We need to love people. We're doing life with people. We're relating. Whether in a good way or a not so good way, your life is connected to people. Okay. All right. Relationships don't just happen. They require time, effort, dedication, commitment, emotion. Okay. I, you know, I am really thankful that when I went through the sorrow I went through, people connected with me emotionally. Aren't you Tatum? That you had people that connected with you and cared. You know, the Bible says that we're to, to cry with those that cry, to sorrow with those that sorrow, we're to laugh with those that laugh, rejoice with those that rejoice, you know? We're to be excited when other people get promoted, but when people are hurting, we're to care, we're to love. So re- re- relate. you're not going to to have a relationship with someone not, not, not bringing, adding value, not contri- making a contribution. Relationship, a real relationship is going to require a co- contribution. And as I studied the word relationship out, this was the definition that stuck with me. Are you ready for it? It said a connection. Imagine that. And my message was on connecting. And it said relationship. One of the definitions was a connection. So I won't bore you with all the rest of it. But relationship means there's a connection. So we've got to connect. You can't have a relationship without being connected. You cannot influence people you do not connect with. I want to influence people. Therefore, I have to connect with people. Therefore, I've got to develop relationships. My desire is to see the women in this church get connected in a new way. That's why I'm here tonight. Because that's the message God gave me to bring to you. Is that 
you, that I would inspire you some way and stir you up to want to connect in a new way and have a desire to develop relationships with women you've never had a relationship with in this church. Maybe it's someone and it's many someones you've been in church with for a long time in this church, but you really don't know. You've really never connected with them. Because there are some of you that have taken the time to really connect with one another. And you've developed relationships. And that's why you're close. And that is so precious. Do you value those relationships? You know, I, I was sharing with Shelly, I love, I love this morning to see, um, um, okay, I'm having that club moment. Danny's mom. Jackie. <laughs> Jackie and Sherry sitting together because I can remember when the kids were little and you all still are neighbors side by side, right? And look at you, how precious and wonderful what you have. It's like your sisters. You have a sisterhood. You're just this is so incredible what they have. And you know, because you've taken that time, you've formed that relationship and look at, I mean, it's just, that doesn't just happen. How many of you have a neighbor you do not know? Do not lift your hand. Everybody in this room would probably lift their hand. You have a neighbor. I do. Okay, lift your hand. Do you have a neighbor you do not know? Look at us. Okay, you're gonna, you're comforted. You're comforted because everybody in here, probably almost all of us have a hand. There's some of us that have neighbors we really aren't connected to. We really don't know them. So that took, that takes work. That takes, that takes effort. That takes going out of your way. That takes, takes some time. That takes making a contribution. You have to add value to that person's life to form that, Jackie, I apologize. Um, to have, to, to develop that tightness. So that's what we have to be willing to do. You can't have a relationship without that. For you to connect with women, you may have known for many years, but you really don't know, that has, that's going to require a paradigm shift in our mind. Okay, we're going to have to think in a different way. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to tell you, Jesus is our example. He is our example. And I was sitting in, in the chair in our, our little bedroom this afternoon, and I was thinking about some different ways that Jesus connected with people. And there are so many, and maybe you think for a minute, think about Jesus and think about someone you can remember that he connected with in the New Testament. Just for just a second, think about him. And I'm going to tell you some connections that I, I just thought of real fast. I thought about when he connected with Zacchaeus. You know, he could have just walked right on by Zacchaeus and just ignored him completely and totally and paid no attention to him. But you know, he took the time to connect with him. And form a relationship with him. And then I thought about the woman at the well. How broken she was. And he broke the rules. He was willing to break all the rules to connect with her. And forever her life was changed. She was never the same. And because of that connection, countless lives, countless lives were changed. Do you remember how he connected with children? Do you remember? I mean, he was just never above or beneath anyone. I mean, he was just so there for people. It didn't matter who they were or, or what was going on in their lives. He just made it. You know, he was just there for everyone. He took the time. Okay, how many of you, can you think of any, anyone that you can think of? Who, what can you think of? Who did Jesus connect with? Moses. Oh, he connected with Moses. Boy, wow, did he connect with Moses in the burning bush, didn't he? He showed up, didn't he? Okay, who else? Mary Magdalene, wow. 
How divine was that? How divine was that connection? Okay, who else? The blind man. Wow. Wow. He connected with the blind man. Think about the people that Jesus took the time. Blind Bartimaeus, he connected with him. He connected with people. He took the time to connect with people. So, so let me ask you this. How do I? How do I connect? You may be saying, Tanya, how do I do it? I'm not a good connector. I'm not you. I'm not all over people in their face, you know, hugging, kissing. You know, I, I'm not like you. You don't have to be like me. God didn't make you to be like me. Not everybody wants someone in their face all the time, all over them all the time. God made you to be you because he needs you. He needs your personality because you will touch people I will never touch. Not, do you understand that? God needs every one of us. I can't be you. I love to talk. Love to talk. It's my favorite thing in the world to do. I love to talk. I do. It's just my favorite thing in the world to do. I love to talk. And you have your favorite thing that you like to do. And I'm great at it. (laughs) That's why I have a mic in my hand. But do you see how we're all gifted at different things? Navigating from Woodward to Dallas. Ask Winona. Snow, my favorite. Snow, my best thing in the world to do. Winona and I were taking a trip to Mark at one time, and I was driving and talking. And the next thing I know, we look up, and there's a sign that says, Welcome to Arkansas, home of Bill Clinton. <laughs> I said, Winona, oh no! How did we get here? Winona, you must have been talking. (laughs) So navigation is not my greatest skill. Well, seriously, talking is. (laughs) Don't put me behind the wheel. Let me talk. You drive. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some things to think about, some questions, and then I'm going to give you some suggestions because I think it's fruitless for me to tell you what you need to be doing and not help you out a little bit because some of us need some help with connection skills. And I believe that every one of us need to learn how to connect. So number one, all right, number one, be willing to invest time in self-growth. You cannot impart what you do not possess. Set some personal goals. Set one at a time. Okay, I'm going to give you just some, some, some goals. You may have some goals already set. I'm a real goal setter. You give me a goal, you give me a challenge, and I'm going to do it, okay? You need to set goals. Maybe it's some time in the Word. If you're not reading your Bible, do you have a smartphone? Download a Bible app. And you, they have Bible plans or devotions on those. You can, it'll come up on your, bi, on your smartphone. Read a devotion. It's a great way to start a, a reading plan um, on your, in your Bible. Um, Joyce Meyer has one. Joseph Prince has one. Joel Osteen. There's some fabulous, fabulous right there on your smartphone. So wherever you go, you can make time to read your Bible even on your phone. Isn't that cool? And um, you need time in the Word. Time in prayer. Time to read. I don't know if you like to read. I'm a reader. I love to read books. I love to read books. 
And I think you need to be a reader. I don't know. Time to exercise. Oh, we all hate that. But you know, this time of the year, don't we all put that on our list? And I think it's a healthy thing. Um, stimulates you in all sorts of ways. So I think you need to exercise. It's just, even if it's walking around your block once a day, just doing something, it's really good for you. Eating healthy, time with your girlfriends, charity work, becoming more involved in your church. Maybe you're not doing anything. How about, okay, I have a really great idea. Are y'all ready for this one? Okay, ready? Because I want you to say this to your neighbor. Okay, so nobody gets offended. Say, I'm not going to get offended. Because nobody told me to say this. And it's not because, you know, I was in the ministry and pastored for however many years that we did that or whatever. Okay, here's, here it goes. Are you ready? Show up. So maybe you just don't show up real often. That would be a really great place to start. Because you know what? I have found out people need you. Just your presence. I know that my presence makes a difference. Yes. Just my smile. Just my warm embrace. Right? Okay, stand up, Lenny. Okay. Okay. What if you came in and... Absolutely. What if you walked in the door every week and somebody just squeezed you like that? Would you not love that? Like, I'm all about that. That is like so my love language. I'm a love and connector. I'm that warm and fuzzy girl, okay? Not everybody likes that. And there's some people that are like, they'll probably see me coming and are like, okay, don't kiss me. Cheek, I've got a granddaughter that does that. Gigi. She's, you know, on the cheek, not on the lips. Okay. So anyway, but there's just so many things that you can do to, because here's what I found. When I feel good about me, I'm less consumed with me. When you do not feel good about yourself, you think about yourself way too much. It's so true. And I'm just telling you the truth. When we don't feel good about us. You don't like your hair. You think about your hair all day long. And you know what happens to us when we do that? We don't, we're, we, we don't like the way we look. We don't like the dress we have on. We don't like the pants we have on. We don't. Am I, ta- am I talking to anybody but me? You know, we don't like something about us or we, you know, we didn't get our makeup on right or whatever doesn't work for us today. Something, you know, then all day long, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about those things. So then what happens to you? You're not thinking about the people around you. You're not thinking about, and I have found this when I feel good about myself and when I'm not all worked up about how I look and all that stuff, I don't even think about it the rest of the day except just keep my lipstick nearby because I love to put lipstick on. That's another thing I love. I love lipstick. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. I am so glad I'm a girl. Are you all glad you're a girl? I have told God that so many times. Thank you for making me a girl. Because I love every part of it. And I love lipstick. So it's like, just as long as I have lipstick with me, and I just get to... But you know, there was a season that women did that. What was it called? Lipstick that didn't come off? What was it called? Yeah. And I'm like, why would you want that? I love reapplying lipstick. Some women said, oh, you know, I don't want to have to put that back on again. I'm like, oh, girlfriend, not me. I love putting it on like 20 times a day. It's just a thing with me. So as long as I feel good about how I look and I have my lipstick with me, I'm good to go. 
And then you know what you're doing? You're reaching. I'm just looking for people. I'm looking for people. My reach is open. My arms are open. Because you know what? I'm, I've, got it, I've got it going on. I, it's good with the Lord. I'm spending time with him. I feel good. I'm hearing from him. The channel is open. I, everything's just good. Are you following me? So you need to work on you. All right, so that's a, that's one thing that will help you in your in your connection with others. Number two, okay. Now let me let me say this with number one: the pursuit of progress is what transforms your life. So live a progressive life, okay? There's always room for you to grow. I want to always be growing. I don't ever want to think I've all got it all going on right, and I'm there. Okay, number two: do you gravitate toward the same people every time you gather together, or do you purpose? Okay. Because most of us, this, most of us will say yes to this one, I think. Or do you purpose to get to know someone new to make them feel connected? What we all do, don't we? Because we've taken the time to develop those relationships. So what do we do? We gravitate. Okay, let me say it this way. When you walk into to church service, do you sit in the same seat? Almost, do you sit in the same area of service? Oh boy, guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah. Okay. Spanking, spanking, spanking. That's what we say to our one-year-old. I would never spank that child, but I say it. I take his hand like this and I go, spanking, spanking, spanking. That's how I spank him. Okay. Okay. Busted. You got busted tonight on that one. Okay. So this is what I want to encourage you to do. This next Sunday, oh, this will spoof the pastors big time, okay? Because they know where you all sit, right? So this next Sunday, nobody sit in the same place at church. Everybody, find a new seat and don't sit with with the same person. Find a new neighbor. Get to know somebody new. And so this is what I wrote down. Everyone pick one. Everyone pick one. Everyone right now, in your mind, think of someone that you do life with that you really don't know. Who do you do life with on a pretty regular basis that you've maybe done life with for a really long time that you really don't know? You're really not connected to. You know them, you know, in passing, hey, yeah, I know her, but you really don't know her. You know her by name. You know a little bit about her, but do you really know is she hurting Do you really know that much about her? How connected are you really to her? Okay. Do you struggle with people that are women, people who are different than you? Oh, they're different than me. You know, I connect with them because they're like me. Or can you go up and can you, can you embrace the people that are so much different than you? Okay. This is something we need to work on because Jesus loved everyone. We have got to get beyond what's comfortable and easy, okay? And let's think outside the box. Okay, the next one. Ask enough questions to find out something about the other person so that you can connect with them on some level. The way we connect is by asking questions. The way we educate ourselves about other people is by asking questions. How do I get to know you? By asking questions. How do I find out about your life? By asking questions. So we ask questions, career path, ministry passion, family life. What are your hobbies? 
So we need to ask questions, okay? That's how we find out about people. That's how we learn about them. Questions enable you to learn and create an atmosphere that fosters value and significance. Questions are the best way to get to know someone through their family, their occupation, their hobbies, their recreation, their interests. What is their message? What is their dream? What is their passion? Okay? Which leads me to the next one. Do you know the dreams of your sisters and those you do life with? Do you know their dreams? I asked myself that this week as I sat in my closet. I love my closet. I have the dream closet. (laughs) And I love to just go sit in my closet. So I sit in my closet a lot. And it has my shoes and it has jewelry. (laughs) So I sit in my closet and I have a prayer bench in my closet. And it's just, it's really fun. And, um... I was sitting in my closet. So when I say that, you won't think like Johnny sent me to the closet. <laughs> You're a bad girl. You go to your closet. Um, I was sitting in my closet and I was thinking about this. Do I know the dreams of the women that are precious to me? Do I know Pastor Shelley's dreams? Do I know her dreams? I do not know her dreams. Oh, I'm sad that I don't know what she's dreaming about. What she's, do I know what she's believing God for? Have I taken the time to find out what she's dreaming about? Shelly, I do not know. I'm sad. You know, does that make you sad when you think about your bestest friends, your girlfriends that you've done church with and you've done life with? Do I know what they're, do I know, Faye is one of my bestest friends in the whole world. Do I know her dreams? Do I know, do I know what she, what she's dreaming about? See, we need to know. And do I have a dream that I can tell you about? Do you have a dream that you can share? Do you, you know, Tatum was sharing on this earlier. What about your dream? Have you lost your dream? Do you need to speak to your dream? Do you need to call that dream back to life again? Can you share a dream if someone said, Lucinda, what is your dream? Can you identify. Can you share and verbally express your dream? Okay. That's something for you to work on. All right. Here's a good one. Oh, this one was so bad for me because I'm not good at this. Okay. But I'm getting better at this. All right. Number, number, I don't know what number we're on, but anyway. Okay. Be a good listener. If you are going to communicate and you, if you're going to add value and you're going to be in a relationship, you're making a contribution and you're involved in a, um, a, a relationship, but we'll get to a different word here in a minute. There is a, a connection being made, a transfer going, going on. You have to be a good listener. Connection is about interaction. Listening is a required skill. You cannot gather useful information to form an alliance and engage successfully with others if you are doing all the talking. Ooh. Okay. Oh, this is so for me. (laughs) It is amazing what you will learn if you will listen. Listen not only with your ears, but with your heart. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is so for me. I'm busted on this one. Okay. Listen to this. I'm so busted on right here. Don't be thinking about what you're, what you want to say next. Have you ever been in a, in a a conversation and the other person's talking and you're thinking, Oh, oh, I so need to say something right now, because if you don't let me, I'm in the 50 club. It will be so gone. It will be so far from me. 
in just a minute, or you need to write it down, right, Virginia? Give me a napkin fast. And then, you know, you're so not connected to what they're saying because you're thinking about what you need to share because it's so important. You know, I mean, they so need to hear, does anybody relate to this at all? Or are you looking at me like you are so lost? No, this is so true. We have got to learn to listen with our heart and be connected because do you know when you're in a conversation with someone and you are not listening and they are talking, they know. They know when you do not care about what they want to say. Johnny Roby, am I telling the truth? Yes, sir. Okay, because I get in trouble for this at home a lot. (laughs) He is helping me so much. Yes, he is so helping me with this. He's like, because here's what my precious husband does. He just stops talking. If I interrupt, oh, I'm so busted on this one. I've really thought about not even telling you this one because this is my, I'm so bad on this. This is my bad one. And um, so when we're talking, and we, talk, we love to talk and go for coffee and do those things. And so if he's talking and then I start to talk, he just stops talking. And then I feel so bad. I'm like, he'll say, no, go ahead. And then it's like, ooh, I felt, ooh, I don't even want to talk. And he's like, no, go ahead. You know, obviously what you need to say is like so important. So just go ahead. No, go ahead. And he doesn't do it to be mean or anything. He's just a perfect, perfect gentleman. So I'm learning, oh, and it hurts so bad. But I am learning that, you know, what it does is it makes the other person, they know you did not hear one word. And he said this to me, you didn't hear what I just said. I'm like, yes, I did. I so heard what you said. What did I just say? I so heard what you said. No, tell me, what did I just say? Well, no, I so heard what you said. Then tell me, what did I just say? Well, I heard you. I know I did. (laughs) It's gone, but I heard it. (laughs) You know, it's that 50 club thing. (laughs) And I'm trying to make this funny for my own sake tonight because I just know how important this is because you're listening to me tonight. I have your undivided attention because the microphone is in my hand and you couldn't peel it out of my hand if you had to. (laughs) But I know that it hurts your heart when you're engaging with someone and you don't feel like they hear what you have to say. So when you're developing a relationship with someone, you need to listen. And when you listen, you'll be so surprised what you can learn about their life and what you hear with your heart. Sometimes I can remember when the Lord spoke to me, the difference between listening with your ears and listening with your heart. When you listen with your heart, the Holy Spirit will tell you sometimes things really going on in someone's life. And so I am learning that the women I'm doing life with in Oklahoma City, I listen with my heart. And God shows me things. And God speaks things into my, to my heart that's going on in their lives. And I'm able then to impart something when I do talk, when it is my turn to say something that I add value when I say something back. And I make a deposit in their life and they don't forget what I say. Does that make sense? So that's what we want to do. We want to listen with our heart and be, be genuinely, authentically, compassionately, interested in the people that we do life with, your children, your grandchildren, the people you do church with, the people you do school with, the women that you love, that that are your girlfriends, that you love to do coffee with or whatever your thing is, do shopping with. Oh, love that one too. Okay, so that's just, this is just something so important. All right, the next one. 
Have you spent enough time with your sisters to know their gifts and to celebrate their strengths and talents? Or are you always comparing yourself to them, wishing you were different? Are you green with envy? Or can you really celebrate the gifts in the women that you do life with? This is just something we need to learn to do. We need to learn. You know, when Virginia gets up here, I just like, oh, do you love, I love the gift in her. I can't, you know, I, I just love the gift in her. I love it. I, I celebrate that in her. I celebrate who she is. I'm not like her. I'm different. I'm me. But I can celebrate who she is. Can you do that with one another? Can you be different? Can you celebrate the uniqueness? And we've got to do that or you won't connect with other women. Because we are not the same. And you can't go around comparing yourself to one another. Because, you know, I can only be me. God didn't make me anyone but me. Amen? God made me me. I can't be anybody but me. So you, we, we, we've got to learn to do that. All right. Okay, here's some questions. Do you feel safe enough to be your authentic self, or do you try to impress others by trying to be someone you are not? Do you feel safe enough to be authentic with one another, to be real? Are you secure in your own skin, or do you always need the approval of others to feel validated? Okay, I'm ouch on this one. Do we always need people to validate us to feel good about who we are? Or have, do we receive the approval of the Father God? We know we're loved by Him. We've been accepted by Him. He's, we've got his, the stamp of approval on our lives by Him. And therefore, we don't have to have everyone else's approval. Look, can I tell you something? You're not always going to have everyone's approval. And if you go around always wanting everyone's approval, I have learned this. This has been something that's always been hard for me, being in the ministry. You, you always want everyone to be excited about your ideas and what you feel like the direction you're going in or whatever, and it just doesn't always work that way. And even your family, I always have wanted my boys to, you know, be excited and not be mad at me or daughter-in-laws not to be mad at me and, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, I've just had to learn there's just going to be times that, that those boys are sometimes going to get mad at me. And I, it has, you just have to get okay with it. Or maybe a daughter-in-law isn't always happy with me. I, it's hard for me to imagine, but it just happens. I mean, do y'all, can any of you relate to that? I mean, I'm serious. It's, it's, it's awful. I mean, I just, it's like my love language is warm and fuzzy. And when everybody's not happy, Johnny can tell you, he's really working with me on this one. I want everybody getting along and happy all the time. You remember that song we used to sing? You know, happy all the time song. That's just my thing. I want joy, joy, joy juice going on all the time around us all. And I have, we're just a happy family. You know, sometimes it just doesn't happen. And it's not fun. But I, you've just got to learn that sometimes that happens. And so we have to, to learn that, um, we have to be secure in that. Are you secure in the love of the father God? Are, are you secure in his love? Do you feel intimidated by those around you? See, this affects the way we connect. This affects the way we relate. Do we champion and make one another shine? Or are we so worried about ourselves We don't even notice those around us and see their needs. Are we self-absorbed? Do we champion one another? Do I champion the women around me? Do I cheer them on? And all right, I want you to really listen to this next one because I, I found myself in this situation. 
I found myself fading, and I want you to listen to this. Do, we, do you feel black and white, or are you in color when you are together? Do you feel like you fade, or you have something to offer? I found myself in the presence of certain people that it's like, you know, we'd be in a situation, and all of a sudden I just felt like I faded, and I turned into black and white, and all the color left my life. And it's a really miserable, hurtful feeling. There may be women in your presence, listen to me really close on this, that you don't even know this is going on in their lives. Because everything's good with you and you've got great relationships in your lives. And deep inside, there are hurts in them because they don't have connections like you have. They don't have girlfriends like you have. They don't have that sisterhoods that maybe are the... the, core group. Maybe you have a core group in your life and, and there are just people that don't have what you have. If you have healthy relationships in your life and their, their soul is hurting and longing because women need this, women need this going on in their life. And they may be sitting really close to you and longing, and they may look at you and go, I wish I had what she has. And do you know, we can give that to them. Yes. Yes, we can. We can give that to them. And I realized this, that there are people in our, in our reach, within my reach, that I can give that to. I can give them that connection. I can make them feel like they are in vivid color when they feel like they're in black and white and they're hurting on the inside and they don't think anybody notices or anybody cares. And so I want us to be aware of these things in our church and in our life and in our circles Because I think we can really change the world we live in, in this way. You cannot lead effectively if you are not connected. All right? Do you care about the needs and concerns of your sisters or do you have an agenda? Are we doing life with women who are secretly being left behind and are hurting in the shadows? I think we covered that. You cannot, um, connecting requires patience. So we have to slow down. And be genuinely interested and run at someone else's pace. Okay? Sometimes we have to slow down and we have to run at someone else's pace. Be open and let people into your life. You don't have to be perfect and keep a perfect house to enjoy fellowship with one another. Sometimes we get caught up in this. We think, well, you know, my house isn't clean enough to have anyone over. Well, this isn't perfect enough. You know, I don't look good enough today, you know, to spend time with any, anyone. You know, we've got to learn that we, everything doesn't have to be perfect in our lives to let someone else in. Okay? Isn't that good? Um, okay, if you want to connect with others, you need to treat them according to the golden rule. Treat them the way you want to be treated. This is all so practical, isn't it? This is all such easy, simple stuff, okay? The number one way to connect is to focus on others and their needs instead of your own and enrich their lives. How can I be a blessing to others? How can I bless someone else? It's connecting is never about me. All right, I want you to listen to this. Connecting is never about me. If I want to be a connector, this is what God showed me. It's never going to be about me. That may be the greatest thing I've said tonight. Connecting is never about me. Connecting will change your focus. Maturity is the ability to see and act on the behalf of others. It begins when the other, pe- uh, the other person feels valued and important. Jesus was the master connector. He was the master connector. All right. So I'm going to give you just some real simple ideas that I think will be simple ways for you 
to go out of your way that you could connect with someone. All right. Have coffee. How many of y'all like coffee? You like to go for coffee or you go for tea or you like to do lunch. Love coffee. Love to go for coffee with girlfriends. Love to go for tea. Have them to your home. If you don't want to go somewhere to have coffee, you can have them into your home for tea or for coffee or for lunch. Fix a bite of lunch at your house or meet a girlfriend for lunch. Ask questions. Write down questions. So, so pick someone new. Everyone pick one. Think of someone you don't really know. Have them make a decision. You, you know, don't wait for them to initiate. You be the initiator. So don't say, oh, I wonder who's going to pick me. Okay, that's not how this works. Because remember, it's not about you because you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see who picks me. Oh, I can't wait to see who's going to pick me because somebody's going to pick me. Because I was thinking about this. I thought, oh, wow, wouldn't that be cool? Because everybody's going to be thinking, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to see I know I'm going to get picked. Okay, now this is about you are going to pick someone. So everybody say, I'm going to pick someone. Say it like you were me. Pick someone. I can't wait to pick someone. Okay. You're going to pick someone. Okay. So you're going to have, maybe have coffee. You're going to think of questions. Write questions down about that person. Things you've never thought about. Ask questions. Number, the next thing I want you to do when you're with her, I want you to encourage her. Encourage her. Everyone needs to be encouraged. There's not one of us that doesn't need. I need to be encouraged. You need to be encouraged. We all need to be encouraged and inspired, all right? Spend time with her. Make it a point. This woman, I'm going to spend some time with her. One-on-one, nobody else, just me and her. I'm going to get to know her, all right? And I'm going to pray for her. I want you to start praying for that woman. Put her on your prayer list. And then here's another one. I want you to compliment her. I want you to look for something good in her. Do you know how many women never get a compliment from their husband? I have the most incredible husband in the world, and he compliments me, and I love it. (laughs) Oh, you know, women need to be complimented. Amen? Women need to be complimented, and we need to compliment one another. Because, you know, as much as my husband compliments me, isn't there something special? Because when a woman compliments you, you know, he can tell me all day long he thinks I'm fabulous and all that good stuff. But when a woman tells you that, you really believe it, because typically women don't tell each other that. Because they're always looking at you going, oh my gosh, I love those hoes, Faye. I wonder where she got those hoes. Oh my gosh, I need to get me a pair of hoes like that. And you're just looking, going, okay. You're taking notes. You know, I need to get me mad. I need to get me mad. I need, okay, want that, want that, want that. You know what I mean? You know how you do. Come on now. You know how we are. Looking at our hair, checking each other out. Looking at our jewelry. All that stuff. So we need to learn to look for the good in each other. Look for the good. That's why I had Nancy stand up and like spin and everything. It was like, she's so cute. I just want to look at, look at how cute she looks tonight. What compliment one another. So you're a person. Look for something good in her. She may have not been complimented. You know, I found out that there are women I'm doing life with right now in Oklahoma City. Some of these women, oh my goodness, this little girl I connected with last week, she is like, so, so starved on the inside. And I ministered to her. She called me. I was in my closet and she called me. Yes, it's true. I was in my closet. The phone rang and she called me and she said, I just need to talk to you. And she just needed me to love on her some more. She was the, the little girl I connected with that I told you about this morning. And she called me this week again and I just poured more in. I just, she just came for another drink. She came for a little bit more, you know, 
that, you know, when I didn't feel like doing it and I did it anyway. And so I want you to compliment. Okay. Then I want you, if she goes to church with you, I want you to sit with her at church. Do you know how good it feels for someone to sit with you at church? That maybe you sit by yourself or you slide in and you just slip into a seat and you sit by yourself sometimes or whatever, but for someone to sit with you. So sit with her at church. Okay. How about if you have a Bible study or something special you do, invite her to your buddy, your Bible study group or invite her to come to church with you. Maybe she's somebody you do, do life with at school. Invite her to come to church. You see her at the grocery store. You know, we talked this morning about how, how many of you have ever been to the grocery store and you didn't feel like you looked cute. So you ducked and you went down the other aisle. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't look good today. I, I don't want her to see me today. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't look cute today. I don't feel, feel great about myself today. And oh my gosh, I look awful. Am I the only one that has ever done that? Come on. Okay, so you're going to find somebody at the grocery store, and you aren't going to run from them. You are going to run to them, right? Because we're reaching, we're stretching. And we're going to go out of our way to just encourage and to love and to embrace. And if you know they don't go to church, then we need to invite them to church. This is fabulous. And you know, it's like I shared this morning, every seat in this church will be full next week. Because, you know, we're reaching. This is fabulous. Amen? Okay, say it like you or me. Yes! Okay. Okay, then ask yourself, what can I do to be a blessing to her? I want to do something to bless her. Okay, God, I want an idea. Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Do whatever you need to do. I want a God-inspired idea. I want to do something like way cool for her. Lord, what can I do for her? Because, you know, the Holy Spirit knows your sister. He knows what she needs. He knows her heart. He knows what's going on with her. He knows if, if she's struggling. He knows what she needs. I was at the meeting. The Lord spoke to me. He gave me a direction, and I was obedient. He said, this little girl needs help bad, and I want you. And, you know, when she called me and I was in my closet, she said, I want to thank you. And she went into the story. And all I'm required to do is just be obedient. Maybe it's an, a card. Send a card. You know, one of my favorite things to do is write a note and a card because I have found a card does incredible things because it blesses me when I receive it. And then, you know what? When I get discouraged the next time, I keep my cards and I read my cards again. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Somebody thinks I'm so cool. They sent me a card and I'm going to remind myself. I'm going to rehearse the way they feel about me. Okay? So you can drop a card in the mail. You can drop a little goodie bag, maybe go to the bakery and, and get a cupcake and drop it at the door. I mean, you know, when we go out of our way to do the smallest little token of love for someone, do you know what it says to them? You put your life on hold for me. You went out of your way to add value to my life. You took the time to do something special. Maybe you write a scripture on a piece of paper. And you stick it in, I don't know, I mean, you can be creative. You can, I don't know, you, there's just so many, so many wonderful things you can do. Christmas ornaments are an incredible way uh, this particular season. Buy an ornament, buy a box of ornaments. Take them out, there's probably 12 in a box. Buy little sacks. You've got 12 people you can give a, a little something to. Put a scripture in them instead of a, what are those things you get at the Chinese restaurant? Fortune cookie. Do a scripture Christmas ball. I mean, I don't know. Just a thought. There are so many neat things you can do to just show somebody that you care. Take an ornament off of your tree for the love of Pete. You know what I'm saying? Pull 
pull an ornament off of your tree, put a scripture on it, put it in a bag. You don't even have to spend money to do that and drop it on their door. Put your name in it because they need to know who you are and let them know you're thinking about them. Amen. Because I'm telling you, people need to know you took the time to go out of your way to do what? Add value to their life. What does adding value do? It brings an increase. Now, I want you to think about this. This was the word, this was the picture that God gave me. It's like a checking account. How many of you have a checking account? Okay, everyone in here has a checking account. So what you do, you have a checking account. Every time you make a deposit and you add value to that account, what happens to that account? It produces an increase. So that's what happens to your relationship. Your relationship is that checking account. When you add value, when you, when you make a deposit in that relationship, you have added value to that relationship. And what does it do? You, you bring forth an increase. And that's what happens in the relationships in our life, that we bring an increase to, to those. Okay, then I want you to do this. I want you to be trustworthy. This is really important, girls. Guys don't have a problem with this, but us girls, we like to talk. When you connect with women and you develop a relationship, it's so important that you do this. Everybody do this. What does that mean? Oh, you guys are so precious. You just cut through the chase, don't you? It means I'm going to settle a bit more ladylike than y'all did. Okay, because my husband, he's, really, he's about that. Okay, when someone shares something with you, you don't share it with everyone else. It's pretty simple, isn't it? You are trustworthy. That means you become a confidant. That means that you don't tell your best friend, oh, we need to pray. This is classic in the church. Tatum, we need to pray. I need to tell you something. We need to pray. We need to pray about this. No, 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 no. You need to pray about it. All right, so when the Holy Spirit shares something with you or when your new precious friend begins to open her heart and begins to, to become authentic with you, becomes to be, be, begins to become real with you, or sometimes you see things in someone that aren't all wonderful. Yes. Remember to look in the mirror. You're not always all wonderful. There are going to be people, they'll bite you every time. Yes? How many of you have ever been bit? Oh, I need to raise both hands on that one. It'll bite you every time. So let's be trustworthy women of God. Let's be women of character. Let's be women that are trustworthy women. All right? It's just so important. Make her feel appreciated. Explore areas that you have in common. And then if she misses a service, I want you to check on her. Follow through in connecting and developing your relationship. And I want us to do this. I just think it's so important. I love you so much. And I want to add value to your, to your walk. I want to bring, I want you to bring in, I want to bring an increase. I want to help you bring increase in your life and in your church and in your families. Because this works in your relationship with your husbands. Do you see how this works? When we make a decision that it's not going to be about me. It's going to be about what I can do so that this relationship produces increase. It's going to be about what I can bring, what I can add value to so that we can move this thing. My story gets moved further along so that our journey produces an impact so that we can truly make a difference. And listen to me, when you start doing life the way I've I've talked to you tonight, I promise you this, you will never be the same. 
Because as you give out and as you make a a decision in your life that you're going to change lives and you're going to begin to connect with people, your life is going to become so rich. The doors God is going to open in your life, the relationships God is going to bring back into your life are going to be so absolutely phenomenal. You are not even going to believe what God is going to do for you. Amen. And I can promise you this because it's happening in my life. Things have begun to happen in my life that I can't even begin to tell you just in the last couple of weeks phenomenal things. And you know, it's like you don't even have to look for them to happen. God just makes things happen in your life. When you make a decision, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I want you to stand with me if you would, please. As I was preparing to come home to Woodward, once again, I want to thank pastors Eric and Shelley so much from the very bottom of my heart for believing in me and the gift in me and inviting me to come and be with you. This is just not something that I take lightly. But this was my beginning. And God brought me back to my beginning to start my race again. And I'm just excited to be here and I love you. It's not fluff. It's for real. I love you. You're precious to me. This church is precious to me. And I love what I see God doing here, and I love their heart. I love these pastors. I love what I see God doing. I love what they're about. I love their authenticity. They're real. They're genuine. They're the real deal. And they love you. I'm telling you, they talk about you with such respect and such honor. They are truly treasures. And I want to challenge you to treasure them. But as, as I was preparing, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, this is going to be a day of release. And I'm going, to sh- I'm going to give you the three areas that he told me. As, as I was asking him about this, the scripture in Luke 4, 18, he says, that says in the New Living Translation, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. For the time of the Lord's favor has come. Number one, we're going to be released from the pain of the past. The pain of the past released. Because we've got to connect. We've got to reach. We've got to be released from the pain of the past. And I want you to listen to this scripture. It's in Isaiah 52, 12 in the New Living Translation. It says, you will not leave in a hurry running for your lives. For the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. I love that. I have a friend in Tulsa. And she called and she ministered to this. And she said, Tanya, God's glory is your rear guard. And every time you turn and you look back, all you're going to see is God's glory. That's all you're going to see when you look back is God's glory. And I believe God is going to heal your past. And you're going to see that behind you, God is behind you. When you turn to look back and the devil wants to try and show you something else, all you're going to see is God. God's behind me. Can you see that? Isn't that beautiful? 
And then this said, he's ahead of me. So number two, God is going to release you from the pressure of the present. Because, you know, the devil wants to remind you of the past, and then he wants to pressure you today. So he wants to continually make you sick about yesterday, and then he wants to make you sick about, wants to make you sick over today. The pressures, the anxieties, the stress, we call it stress. So we're going to decompress because he's going to release us from the pressure of the present. Hebrews 13, 5 and 8 in the Amplified Bible says, For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you nor let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. For Jesus Christ is always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. And then number three, the fear of the future. He's going to release us from the fear of the future. You have a bright future. Amen. You have an amazing future. Unresolved conflict is going to be gone. We have an exciting future ahead of us. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. In the New Living Translation, Paul said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I forget the past and looking, I forget the past and I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. So God is in your future. So I just want you to know that I believe that there is going to be a release. God is in your past. God is in today. God is in the now. He's a now God. And God is in your future. And I want you to know that. I want you to know those things. I want us to be released before we leave tonight so that we can go out and that what, we, what are we going to do? We're going to be connectors. We're going to develop relationships. We're going to reach. We're going to make sure that we embrace everyone, new people into our lives. We're going to make a difference. Amen? Everywhere we go. Okay, let's bow our heads. Oh, Father, I love you. I love you so much, and I thank you. I thank you that there is absolutely, absolutely nothing too difficult for you. Nothing we've been through. There's no pain in our life that is so difficult or so deep that you can't heal. There's no concern for today, no stress, no circumstance or situation that we're walking through today that is so difficult that you cannot remedy and fix and bring forth the solution. And Father, there's no fear for tomorrow because God, you are, you're in our future. You're behind me. You're holding my hand today. And Father, you're in, in, you're, you've already gone ahead. You've already taken care of tomorrow. And so Father, I'm so grateful today. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that you're more than enough. Whatever we need, whatever each and every lady needs today, tonight in this house, you are here to meet every single need that we have. You know, the first thing I want to do with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here tonight and I do not know you. I, many of you, I do not know. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know your heart situation. And if you're here tonight and you say, Tanya, you know what? I don't know Jesus as my Savior.
and I want to get my life right. And maybe you're here, and maybe at one time in your life you walked with the Lord, but you know you need to rededicate your life to Him. And you just say, you know, I've walked away. I've turned my back, and I've gone the wrong direction, and my life is not where it needs to be, and I need to get things right with God tonight. And, and you know, I just, and this is no one's looking. I mean, everybody, I want your eyes closed. I don't want anybody to look because this is between you and the Lord. And you say, I just want to recommit my life to the Lord, and I want to get some things straight with Him. And I want to know when I leave this house tonight, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my life and my heart is right with God. And you say, Tanya, I want you to pray for me. And I want you just to slip up your hand as high as you can get it. Okay, I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? I need to get right with the Lord. I see that hand. Anyone else? I want to get my life right with God. I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart. You need to make things right tonight. I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? This is the greatest thing, the greatest step you can make in your entire life is this step. This is the greatest commitment. This is the first step. This is the first step to an amazing life and an amazing future with him. Anyone else? I want, it to, I want to get right. I want things right in my life. Okay, I want us to pray. Everyone together, let's pray this prayer. Father God, I ask you. Oh, Father, I just thank you. I want to thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and to cleanse me from all sin. I receive you and your love and your grace and your mercy. I receive forgiveness from all my sins. Wash me. Help me to live my life for you and to be the woman that you've created me to be. In Jesus' name. Oh, Father.